You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Hey, you guys, in this upcoming podcast episode, we're going to be shifting gears a little bit and answering questions that have come in over the last several weeks on our topic of the end time events. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Hey, you guys, welcome to Real Life Podcast, and uh, we are continuing on, really, because it's being uh, driven by you, which we're very excited about. I I have to tell you that I'm a great uh, beneficiary, a recipient of a, uh, a Bible teaching church. I was spiritually born and raised at a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter, book-by-book church. And so for me, I am grateful to you So many of you are saying, I never heard this before. I've never even read that in the Bible before. And that really helps me because I'm very guilty of making assumptions. I thought everybody knows this. To somebody who reads their Bible, if somebody says, I I read my Bible, I assume that they read it all the way through. But apparently I'm wrong, and that's that's fine. But let's fix that. Um... Because the topics that we are mentioning regarding the last day's events, I was absolutely overwhelmed to hear. Uh, even yesterday, I was at a um, a political event. I say a political event. I was asked to uh, comment and to pray um, at one of our uh, cities here in the area um, at the invite of the mayor to um, pray and to make a comment. And what was amazing to me was how many people came up to me. Uh, they just so happened to be, every one of them happened to be Catholics who came up to me and said, and I didn't know who they were, Pastor Jack, I've been watching your podcast, and that caused me to watch your three-part series on your Sunday morning message, sermon, on what are the coming signs of the Antichrist. and." I've been born and raised Catholic, and we don't even read the book of Revelation. We don't, we're not even, in fact, we're told to stay out of the book of Revelation, which is 
oh my gosh, satanic. Book of Revelation says you're supposed to read it yourself and hear it read by others. And the book of Revelation of itself says, do not seal up the prophecies of this book, but proclaim them. And it's a tragedy. I'm not beating up on Catholics. I love Catholics. In fact, in fact uh, the church that I pastor, it's got to be 75% either Catholic or former Catholic in, con in, in a congregation because they've simply fallen in love with the Word of God, the Bible. And so... Um, we're going to do things a little bit different in this particular segment of end time installment events. Uh, but before we do that, let, let me say this. Some of the comments that we've received from people, I can't take the time to entertain them. They're good questions, but please hear me. Um, you're asking, for example, can you dig deeper on or give more information on the post-tribulation rapture view? I've said enough about it. Why don't you study it and find out for yourself? The same question is being asked for mid-trib. Somebody just stalked me on Sunday. Can you explain to me the mid-trib uh, position? I did on a Sunday uh, during services, and 15 minutes later, the person still didn't get it. There's nothing I can do about that uh, except for you to be uh, provoked to go study deeper. Uh, I want to spare you guys a lot of grief. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It is an epic book. In fact, um, it's in it's it's in my leather bag by Jock, by Dr. John Wolverid. Um, it's the book you want to get because uh, he, John Wolverid in this book it's it's a decent publication. It's in-depth, small print. Dr. John Wolverid wrote this book, The Rapture Question, Revised and Enlarged Edition. And Dr. John Wolverid wrote this in response to the questions that you and I are going through. This is epic. Why? Because even those who are, for example, pre-wrath or mid or post-tribulationist, uh, he argues all the views from their position. And I believe it was Marvin Rosenthal. I could be wrong on that. But I think uh, post-tribulationist Marvin Rosenthal even commented that John Wolverid argues the post-tribulation rapture view better than any post-tribulationist does. <laughs> but make no mistake about it, J Dr. John Wolverid is a, a pre-tribulationist, and he'll tell you why. Many of you have asked the questions, what's with the seven years? You keep saying it's all about Israel. Read this book. Um, so, encourage you to get this. I don't know where you get it. Get it wherever it's cheap. Or they say jackibs.com. Jackibs.com or wherever you can get it cheaper. So, anyway, uh, here we go. Listen, look, we're going to dive in with, with the questions, and then we'll see how this goes. Um, and we're just going to start calling this um, our mailbag, uh, our mail call, Okay. So question number one from last week is, um, please, will you explain this? Who are the 10 virgins waiting for the return of the bridegroom? Okay, first of all, uh, Jesus gave that parable, and he said, he, he couched it in, very important, listen, he couched it in the context of the region of Galilee. He was in Galilee when he taught it. 
This, this, is a, this is really important. He taught it while he was in Galilee. That's northern Israel. He taught it because the Galileans would have understood what he was talking about. He taught it to the Galileans in the Galilean region because he pointed out to them the practice of a Galilean engagement and a Galilean wedding. That is really important. I might want to recommend to you watching the documentary on Amazon Prime titled Before the Wrath. Uh, look, I, I know the producer. I think it's a bad title. The title's dumb. Uh, but it should have just said, um, you know, before, before the second coming or something. Uh, it talks about a Galilean wedding. That's key. And it deals with beautifully the 10 virgins and having oil ready. So listen, to answer your question, um, you ask, is it, is it the church? Is this the church? Are the five wise those who are uh, truly trying to keep God's commandments and walk his walk? Are the five uh, of those who claim to Jesus, but are the other five those who claim to uh, believe in Jesus but live in sin? Um, it's this. Jesus is simply teaching that he's going to go away, and all the Galileans would have said, we understand how that works. When you, when you get engaged here in Galilee, the bridegroom goes away, and he prepares on top of the house. That's how they do it there still to this day, many places. On top of the home, uh, your new home for your bride. So you build on your father's house, and that's the way they do it. House top, house top, house top. And um, so he's going to go away. He's going to prepare a place for them. And when that when it's ready, by the way, the father is the one who tells the son, your, your uh, building's complete. Looks great, son. Go get her. Then the father who communicates that to the son, remember Jesus said, nobody knows the time of my coming. Uh, uh, nobody, the angels don't know. I don't know. Only my father knows. All the Galileans would have went, wow, that's awesome. That's just how, that's, that's exactly how we do weddings. Um, now, Jesus is in heaven, uh, resurrected, and does he know? I don't think he knows. I think he chooses not to know. I just think he chooses not to know. Um, he's going to hear his father say, it's time to go get her. When he comes, he's coming for those who are waiting. How do you know? Because he says throughout the entire four Gospels, and the epistles of the apostles stress that we need to be waiting because we don't know when. Eminency. Eminency. Boy, I'm shocked at how many people vehemently uh, commented, I disagree with the doctrine of eminency. That's your problem. It's in the Bible. So I don't care. Uh, he's going to come back at an hour that you're not thinking. You don't know the day or the hour. But he said, concerning the times and the seasons, that's a general comment. Those who are walking in the light will have a general feel. Wow, the Lord's got to be coming back soon. So the virgins were waiting. They're waiting for what? They're waiting for the what is known as or described as the midnight call. Uh, meaning, midnight symbolically meaning, it could come at any time. When you're least expected, you're supposed to be sleeping at midnight. Well, the parable is a parable to communicate truth. It doesn't mean the virgins that uh, the, the, that had oil 
all, all of the, all the five that had oil didn't go to sleep. You sleep, you work, you eat, you do your life. But um, the issue is, are you full of the Holy Spirit? Are you obeying the scripture and are you ready? And when the announcement goes out, will you, will you make it? So that your follow-up or your next question is, is it the church? Who is that? It's not the church. Although the principle applies for all of us to be ready, that applies to every uh, age of living believers to be ready. You know, the Old Testament saints were to be ready to die by trusting in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The church-age saints are to be ready for his appearing. And if we die before his appearing, we die ready. Make sense? During the tribulation period, the tribulation saints need to be ready to either die for their faith in Christ or for the remnant, they'll survive and live into the millennium. The point is this. The 10 are invited to the wedding, which answers one of the questions, by the way, is, is the church invited to the wedding? The answer is no. The church is not invited to the wedding. The church, the believers, the, the, the church-age saints are not invited to the wedding. I always love saying that because it gets people, what? The church is the wedding. The church is not invited to the wedding. There is no wedding without the church and the groom. Who's invited? People like this. The Old Testament saints are invited. Uh, the tribulation saints are invited. Uh, the, listen, at, this, at the end of the second coming, I, this is my opinion. This is my opinion. I, right now, this is my opinion. Everything else I've told you is biblically sound. I speculate right now. When I look at Isaiah 26, verses 19 to 21, when I look at the things of the Galilean wedding, when I see what's happening during the tribulation period, I understand that the church is taken up into heaven. And at some point after that, we don't know when, the tribulation period begins. I believe in Isaiah 26, 19 to 21, when he says, come up here and hide yourself as it were in the chambers, those are wedding chambers, in the chambers for a little while. Isn't that amazing? This is Isaiah 26. He said, he's going to say to his people, now remember, if you're trusting Christ, you're, you're his people. And if you're Jewish and you trust Christ as Lord, as Yeshua, Hamashiach, that's, that's you too. He says, come up here. Oh, and by the way, your dead shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. So come, my people, enter into the chambers. Hide yourself for just a little moment while I pour out my indignation upon the earth. We mentioned that last time. That's where he gets his robe splattered in blood. The Lord will go and fight for Israel as he fought in the day of battle, it says. Notice, he's not going to come back to earth during the tribulation period and fight for the church. He's fighting for Israel. Where are we? We are in our wedding chamber. What are we doing? I think we are preparing for the last few moments before the wedding. I believe that our wedding takes place some moment, sometime after the... Um, 
the tribulation saints that die are resurrected because I believe that they attend the wedding. They attend. They're invited. I hope that answers your questions. Again, Dr. John Wolvery would uh, comment more on that. Um, does the tribulation start at the signing of the treaty spoken of by Daniel with the Antichrist and Israel? Uh, or is it the rapture of the church? The tribulation period does not begin with the rapture of the church. It does not. The, we just know this. It's the signing of the treaty in Daniel 9 that commences uh, the tribulation period. Now, let me say this because it gets a little foggy, and I know it's, it's, it's kind of contradictory what I'm saying a bit. Because you and I think on a timeline that is linear, we like things nice and neat. I want to see this and this and this in a box, and it's clear and it's clean. Let me put it in a genera general, you know what I'm trying to say, generality. It's this way. Right now we're living, the church, we're being used by the Holy Spirit to restrain evil in the world. It's the Spirit of God's power through us, 2 Thessalonians 2, doing that. But when he steps aside and he deposits, it's a, deposits us in the hands of Jesus, that is called the rapture, Second Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, you know this, and John 14, you already know this, that the, the, day, of, the day of Christ has happened. The day of Christ triggers the day of the Lord. But we don't know, is it five minutes after the day of the Lord begins that the Antichrist is seen on CNN or Fox or worldwide news broadcast? We don't know. I, I personally believe that the intrigue of the end times, if it's a fact that he rises out of the ancient Roman Empire, that's the remnant of it, the ten toes, then he, he may be somebody that we don't know, but we start to see a European-based leadership that starts to take dominance. Uh, as a church, we could see that. Could we see the impl implementation of the uh, cashless system? We could see that. Uh, we could see even implantable or, or uh, data chips or stuff. We could see that. It doesn't mean the tri tribulation has begun. doesn't mean the Antichrist. doesn't mean anything. It means we're just deeper into the last days. But this we know, that the church must be gone because the seven years is God dealing with Israel and, and, remember, an unbelieving world. Number two, he will preserve the remnant Israel. And he will also promise and guarantee to deliver the believers who die in faith during the tribulation period to come, in, to come into uh, to heaven, to mm -hmm. enter his presence. Uh, be, be faithful unto death was a word, and it's still viable today for the last 2,000 years. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life, Jesus said. That's true for all believers of all age, of all the ages. But having said that, listen, um, the Antichrist, when he apparently, according to the book of Daniel and Matthew 24, beginning at around verse 15, when the Antichrist signs the treaty, it appears that the seven-year treaty, Daniel 9, 24 to 27, is also 
uh, maybe under like page nine as they go through the treaty. I mean, I'm being silly, but I'm not. It might be, hey, right here on page nine, sign the treaty, everybody. And oh, by the way, right here on page nine, sign right here because this, this is the building permit for the temple in Jerusalem. How do we know that? Well, we know this, that Israel's going to want that temple. They're talking about it now. But we know this, at the midpoint, 1,260 days from the signing of the treaty, 1,260 days, the Bible says, 42 months, other translations reference it, or three and a half years. At that point, the Antichrist stands in the temple and declares himself to be God. That triggers the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, which is an extremely uh, horrific time. So the church could be raptured today. The signing of the peace treaty could take place next week, next year, three years from now, 10 years from now. We don't know. But we do know that the signing or the revelation of the Antichrist in signing the seven-year tribulation period is uh, graphically uh, referenced in Daniel chapter 9 and Matthew 24. So that's very, very important. It's a great question, by the way. Final one is this, and um, it says that, um, hi, Pastor Jack, uh, I've got a question. I was hoping you could help me with this. If a person believes on, or I, I guess you're saying, in the atoning blood of Jesus Christ for their salvation, yes, during the tribulation period, that means they're tribulation saints, not church age saints. I assume then they'll become a tribulation saint. You assume correct. What happens though, if they then take the mark of the beast? They won't. They will not. Uh, why? Because there's a profound contradictory there, contradiction there. The Bible says all those whose names were not written in the book of life received the mark of the beast. So your question is a contradiction. It can't happen. They'll, they will accept Christ during the tribulation period. They will most likely die for their faith in Jesus. Death of some means. Some will be beheaded. Some will starve to death. Some will die of natural causes. Some will die because they might have cancer. Some will die because they get hit by a truck. Or somebody punches them out because they're witnessing during the tribulation period. It doesn't matter. The point is they will not receive the mark. No believer will receive the mark of the beast. It's impossible. Do they forfeit their salvation? No, uh, they die for their salvation. They die for Christ. So in the church age, uh, it's once saved, always saved. Uh, but is that the case during the tribulation period? Can I just rephrase your question? Because the ones phrased always, I mean, <laughs> once saved, always saved is like red meat to people in a debate. Let's, let's make it really clear. Once born again, forever born again. The question is, are you born again? Let's not talk about once saved, always saved, because that is a uh, subjective response. Well, I think he was saved. My friend was saved. I got a friend. He went to the crusade. He went to church. He raised his hand. I don't care about that stuff. That stuff's junk. Listen, there's a lot of people who believe. There's a lot of people who attend every single church who believe, but they're not saved. They believe like the demons do, like Satan does, 
They're not saved. Their belief never took them to the place of faith in Christ. Very important. The question should be asked, if you're born again, uh, are you always born again? And the answer from Scripture is an overwhelming yes. Uh, but is this the case during the tribulation period? Multi-part and conditional salvation. No, no such thing. New rules, requirements for salvation? Question mark they have? No, not at all. It's always as it was with Adam and Eve, all the way through to the last person during the tri to the last person making a decision for Christ during the millennial age. It's faith in Christ. No works. Um, who are the guests uh, at the wedding? Uh, if it's not us, and I thought I answered that. The Old Testament saints, I, 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 I did that. Old Testament saints, tribulation saints. Um, so those are great questions. Uh, listen, uh, we've been into this 22 minutes. I hate the shortness of these things, but I hope these are ha helping you. And um, again, I'm a big fan of johnwolverd.com, johnwolverd.com. I'm a big fan of um, his book. Uh, it, it, they changed it, the publisher changed its title. It used to be called uh, 1,000 Prophecies of the Bible. They changed it to the the Prophecy, I think it's called the Prophecy Knowledge Handbook, I think, by Dr. John Wolverett. It's only about this thick. Don't let that fool you. It's a, it's a reference book of every book and chapter of the Bible. What prophetic content is there? It's overwhelming. Every Christian should have that book. And again, I don't know where to get it, but get it cheap somewhere. Uh, the Prophecy Knowledge Handbook by Dr. John Wolverid. It's a Christian classic. You, if you're, if you're uh, pre, post, or all millennial, or if you're pre, post, or all uh, um, uh, tribulationist, you'll appreciate it greatly. Listen, you guys, hit the subscribe button. That's how you can encourage us. Please encourage us. If no one's going to be watching these, I have other things to do. And um, But if you care about this, this is the greatest thing that you can do to grow this podcast. Grow it. I can't do it. I can only deliver the content. I'm asking you that if you're with us on the same wavelength, uh, promote it. Uh, like it and, and share it and hit the subscribe button. It's all free. And um, that's part of you and I living out what we believe in because it's time for you and I to promote real life. Nobody wants a woke church. Nobody wants recreational Christianity. I despise spectator Christianity. I think you do too. It's time to live out what we believe in. It's time for real life and that's why we're here. Hey, until next time, God bless you guys. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.